Welcome to the Digital Hoofprint Podcast, a podcast that empowers equine entrepreneurs to grow their business online and increase their impact, authority, and income. My name is Abriana, and I'm here to share my strategies for online growth, overcoming mindset blocks, and increasing productivity for horse business owners just like you. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Digital Hoofprint Podcast. My name is Abriana, and I am the head unicorn in charge over at Black Unicorn Creative, and we create brand and web experiences for experts within the equine industry. Today, I wanted to share the four industry trends that I've noticed that will be really important for this year 2022 this is something that is or these trends are something that is noticed kind of industry-wide you know over multiple industries but when we're looking at the equine industry in particular i know that there we are we are slow to adopt a lot of new processes, methods, technologies, things like that. So these are going to be really key to pay attention to, to uh, in 2022. And the people who are slower to adopt these trends will find that they are having issues with client acquisition, client retention, and the balance of their, their life and their work and making their business work for them. So let's get, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. So the first industry trend that is going to be very important in 2022 is digital solutions. What does that mean? That means that when it comes to paying, booking, signing documents, or learning, there needs to be more emphasis placed on online or digital solutions for that. For example, well, let's, I'll do a product base and a, and a service-based example. So for a service-based business, like a lesson program, like a, uh, a massage therapist, like a chiropractor, being able to learn about your business online one is very important what is it that you do some sort of online presence is definitely expected by this point but being able to either get on an initial consultation or book for these services online is going to increase your your ease of delivery of this service is going to it's going to shorten the time and the energy it takes for you to onboard clients and get them kind of up to speed, any kind of paperwork that you need done, it's going to be faster for you. And so it's not just that it's going to be faster for you, but people are going to start to expect these kinds of things in the when they're spending their money at businesses. They're going to expect this ease, this convenience that digital solutions offer when it comes to paying, booking, and signing documents. So when you're in situations where, you know, uh, you are maybe parent children, like a lesson program, or with um, any kind of documents you need to sign, any kind of contracts, 
there should be a option for people to sign documents online. Now, when it comes to online education, that's in multiple ways. We're seeing a lot more instances of trainers teaching online, doing virtual lessons, doing virtual uh, conversations like, like lectures, doing virtual um, delivery of their training methods. We see a lot of that. And that can be in the form of a subscription service a membership service or someone can just purchase a course or they can they can purchase like a like a virtual lesson they're gonna you know you're gonna watch them while they ride or they submit a video you're going to start to see more of a prevalence of these types of services as your business grows as being in the online space amplifies your your message and the capacity in which you can reach people you're going to start seeing more of these online offers and people will come to expect those it'll be more normalized and so as we go up and down in the requirements for social distancing and people's opinions about how safe they need to be you're gonna to start to see more and more of these virtual offerings, educating people, sharing your message, sharing your, your intellectual property in an online space that not only increases the revenue in your business without increasing the amount of work you have to do, depending on the model, but it also gets more people in your customer journey and it helps you develop more warm leads, which are the people that have already interacted with your business so that you can continue to nurture those relationship, relationships and get more people, get more clients and keep those clients. The second trend for 2022 that I wanted to share with you is that there is gonna be a lot more of an emphasis on diversity and accessibility. What is What do those things mean? Diversity can mean a interacting with a spectrum of people, whether it be socioeconomic status, race, gender, background, income, literally anything. There are more people getting into outdoor activities because a lot of us are stuck indoors right and so they you know kids are in and out of school they are wanting to get wanting them to get out and do some sort of constructive activity where they can learn that is where lesson programs and different nonprofits can capitalize off of the needs that our community and the community or the audiences that we could serve have currently. And so I, I have this quote from Natasha Springers Levine. Uh, she is the COO of Strider. She says that we've been hearing a lot 
we've been hearing a ton of dialogue on inclusion as of late. It's created wonderful pressure on venues to truly commit to making their events accessible. So then we get into this accessibility piece and we start talking about making our industry and making our businesses accessible to people that are not fully able and not having ableist businesses. So whether obviously everything needs to be as safe as possible, but for example, with these digital solutions, these online education platforms, making it accessible as in having the transcripts available or putting alt text on your images so that people who are using screen readers can interact with your content. And so there's going to be more of a push in that, but there's also gonna be more learning because we're not gonna always get it right. No one ever always gets it right. And it does take additional resources, but there is going to be more of a prior prioritizing of the, the diversity and accessibility space, especially within this industry, as we hear more stories of champions of disabled people, more stories of say black and brown cowboys in history and how those stories are kind of coming up and, and being shared in Hollywood more and more. There are going to be more people who are wanting to, to reconnect with the outdoors, who are wanting to utilize the capacity that horses have to be you know, therapists for us. So the more that, that that need to kind of step back and reevaluate our lives that we have seen in this pandemic, the more people are going to want to connect with horses on a deeper level. Companies are becoming more and more interested in highlighting diverse riders and businesses and skill sets. So that is where you're going to see a lot of the uh, conversation leading. You know, there is that expectation after the summer of 2020 that companies are going to continue to put their money where their mouth is as they announced all of this support for diversity in their businesses and on their platforms. So the pressure, although the conversation may have died down, the pressure has not been released as we continue to see those expectations withheld. So number two is emphasis on diversity and accessibility. And that leads directly into number three, which is the importance of community building. Uh, I will, I need to figure out where the, where I got these numbers from. Um, it was a document, I will share the link, but industry businesses, horse, horse business owners shared that they had a 10.4 increase in financial pressure over the year 2020. But there was also an increase of adoptions and the number of hobby horses out there. What does this lead to? This leads to the fact that despite financial pressures, being higher and, and inflation and all that stuff, 
despite finances or the cost of things increasing, there were still more people getting into horses, even if it is a hobby capacity. And I know a lot of times when I speak on different platforms about how to get people into the industry, I talk about these, these people that are not showing. A lot of the emphasis is placed on athletes and competitors when they are a small percentage of this industry. And so if you have a business that can cater to people who are just caring for their horses, they're enjoying them, they're trail riding, they may compete at smaller shows just to say that they are working towards some goals. But if you are not catering to these people and trying to build a community around them, you are going to be sorely missing out on business and, and exposure and the amount of community that you could build behind the things that you create. These things lead to uh, training being more popular and more necessary than competitions. This leads to investment in local options because a lot of times we're not going anywhere. The cost of everything is high and there's still a virus running around this place, okay? So people aren't going anywhere. So what, they're, they're spending more money locally. So the, the capital is there, it's just redirected because people are not always on the road nowadays. And then there is more, there are more transactions based on proximity and on trust. And so that's where it comes in, you know, how do you show up? Do people trust what you have to deliver? Do people trust that your products work? Do people trust that your massage therapy, your Cairo is necessary for their horse despite the level of riding that they do? That is where you are going to have an opportunity to build that trust and build that community and continue to share that you have something to offer to your audience and you have space for your ideal client. So number three, the third industry trend for 2022 was building community. Number four, this is, don't shoot the messenger, I'm just delivering the observations, okay? But number four is a labor force shift. A lot of people, even before the pandemic, complained about not being able to find good help. Good help is hard to find. But now, even the good help, they, it, it is an employee market right now. So we, we hear about the talk of, of the, the great resignation and you know, people quitting their jobs, people not working, you know, all of these different circumstances. But I truly think it's a, a great re, reprioritizing because people are realizing, you know, not only with them being stuck in the house, having to take care of their children if they're not in school, if they don't have any kids, having to, to navigate this pandemic and still doing the things that they love. They are realizing their priorities and realizing what they will and will not take from a place of employment. So 
these lower wage workers are seeking higher pay benefits and better positions, positions that will take them somewhere in their career. So I see a lot of people saying, oh, I can't find anybody to work to muck stalls. I can't find any uh, working students. We don't have barn rats anymore. You know, that that kid that hangs around the barn all the time and just wants to learn. We are in a place now that that might not always be the safest for the people involved, but also people have bills to pay. People have bills. So you'll see these ads. I've, I've come across ads saying, you know, I'll give you housing and you can keep your horse here, but I need you to work 40 to 50 hours a week. And on paper, that seems like a good idea until you get into that situation and realize despite the comping for living space and you know whether or not there is or is not a horse, there are bills outside of that. They need the opportunity to make money. And as you get into older workers, there is a understanding that healthcare is necessary, especially when dealing with horses. And so not only are these people wanting to work hard, they want to go far. And so if they're working in positions that they know will not take them to that next step, to that next place, they likely will not want to stay. And so this labor force shift comes or brings to the table a conversation of what can I offer an employee? How valuable is it for an employee to work with me in my business? What am I replacing? What does this employee replace? How much does it cost to have this person here? How much does it cost me in time, money, energy? What is not having them there cost me? Those are the conversations that business owners are having to have now because it is an employee market. And they're saying, okay, you know what? I was really passionate about this. I really wanted to work and do this, but I cannot afford living. So I am going to go either to a different job or completely out of this industry so I can afford to live, but I also can afford to keep my horses. And that is the issue that we're, we're dealing with in our industry today. People are prioritizing mental health and flexibility and additional options and benefits. And I know, I feel like everyone in this industry has a story of being in a work environment that was not good for their mental health. People are understanding that that is necessary. That is a requirement. That is important because we're stuck at home. We're you know, having hard conversations on the internet, you are learning 
where your family stands on some of the social and political conversations that we've been having for the last couple of years. So mental health and prioritizing that is so important now. And so people, employer, employees are not wanting to be in those kinds of environments that will jeopardize that when they know that they don't have the resources to, to uh, refuel at home. And then the barrier of entry to entrepreneurship is steadily decreasing. The more that people get on the internet and learn and take courses and take coaching and read up on how to run a business, how to put your skill set to work for you, how to build a business that supports the lifestyle that you want, the barrier to entry to entrepreneurship is so low, low now. It's the lowest it's ever been. You got 16-year-olds out here, you know, making money on cryptocurrencies and different platforms on social media, you know, going TikTok viral and getting brand deals to show up different places. I mean, the entrepreneurship barrier entry is so low now that people are choosing that as an option. If I am going to choose the struggle, what do they say? Uh, I'm gonna do bad all by myself. And there is a, a chief complaint, like anyone will say they're a horse trainer now. Anyone, every time I turn around, there's a blah, 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 blah. You, you also have to ask yourself, are you developing an environment that's conducive to having people train under you? If there is, if your environment is not one of, of safety and of learning, if they have to, you know, really, really take a look at the toll that their work environment plays on their mental health, it could be, I'm not saying entrepreneurship is easy by any means, but it could be that if I'm going to do bad, I will do bad in a situation that does not have someone yelling at me all the time, you know? And so we're going to start to see more entrepreneurs. I, it is a, it is a known statistic that black women start businesses more than any other demographic in this country. Now the capital and the funding does not go to that demographic. But that has been a statistic that has been consistent for years, year after year after year. And so when we look at the what, what causes that increase in entrepreneurship, a lot of times it is a work environment that is not conducive to their career goals, their aspirations, or the kind of life they want to live. And so I see that for a lot of people in this industry as well. If they are working under abusive trainers or abusive veterinarians or really just anyone that is not helpful in their growth and go elsewhere, whether it's starting their own business or getting out of the industry completely. So we're gonna continue to see this labor force shift based on the circumstances that we are in being in a pandemic 
and reprioritizing what's required for us to be successful in this life and to be happy in this life. So that was the four reasons why, or the four trends of 2022 in the horse industry. I'm going to recap them real quick. The four trends that I have seen in the horse industry for 2022. Number one, emphasis on digital solutions, payment, booking, signing documents, and education and learning. Number two, emphasis on diversity and accessibility. We are going to continue to hold these companies accountable to the commitments they made in increasing in both of those capacities. Number three, building a community. You need a community around your, your business, around your efforts, around your campaigns. We need people. So there will be a significant prioritizing of community building this year. And then number four, labor force shift. People are realizing they don't want to be in toxic work environments and the barrier to entrepreneurship is lower. So you're going to start to see a lot of a shifting in that where people prioritize themselves over their employment. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Hoofprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast as well as my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes live as well. If you have any questions, hit me up on social media or visit my website, blackunicorncreative.com. See you guys next time.